0: podcast. Uh, We're continuing our examination of the parables of the Lord Jesus Christ. And we're also, I guess, sort of going through the gospel portions that have those parables to make sure we know the context, right? So we have been in chapter 13 of Luke. We are at the end of the chapter right now, so let me just give you a little recap of what we've seen so far. The Lord has told them at the beginning of the chapter that they needed to repent or they're going to perish, and he gave them the parable of the fig tree, the barren fig tree. Remember the one that the vineyard owner said, hey, just cut that thing down, and the vineyard keeper said, no, let's give it another year and see if it'll produce fruit, and if it doesn't then we will cut it down and cast it in the fire. And the Lord said, that's what's going to happen to y'all. And then we saw where the Lord set a woman that had a spirit upon her free, a spirit that had called 18 years of sickness. Remember, she'd been bent over double, but he healed her and she straightened up. And he addressed the hypocrite religious leaders who were upset about that healing because it took place on the Sabbath. <laughs> Remember that? And then he... Uh, started asking him some questions, you know, what can the kingdom of God be compared to? And he compared it to a mustard seed, and he compared it to a leaven that a woman would put in three pecks of flour. So he's given us insight to what the kingdom is about. And then he uh, uh, encouraged people to strive to enter in to the narrow door. Someone had asked him a question, hey, is salvation only for a few people? And he says, but I tell you what, you need to make sure that you're right and that you are in the kingdom. So that's where we find ourselves today. In verse 31 of Luke uh, chapter 13, here's what's going on. Just at that time, some Pharisees approached, saying to him, saying to Jesus, so what's going on here? The Pharisees are coming up and they're approaching Jesus. The Pharisees are always around Jesus. They always had the spies about. They were always there seeking to see how they could trip him up. So now they come to him and they say this to him, "Go away, leave here, for Herod wants to kill you." Well, we've already seen that they wanted to kill him. <coughs> you know, by this time, they had wanted to do away with. So why are they concerned about Herod wanting to kill him? Well, it's, you know, they were trying to play both ends against the middle. It might have been true that Herod wanted to kill him by this time, probably not because of what we see later on in the last few hours of Jesus's life. Look what Jesus says, verse 32. And Jesus said to them, so Jesus says to the Pharisees, Go and tell that fox, Behold, I cast out demons and perform cures today and tomorrow and the third. I reach my goal. So what's his goal? Remember how he was going from city to city and, and village to village on his way to Jerusalem. So he's three days out from Jerusalem and he tells him, you go tell that sly fox that behold, I cast out demons and I perform cures, healings today and tomorrow. And the third day I will reach my goal. In other words, he knows exactly where I'm going. You go tell him where I'm going. You tell him what I'm doing and tell him that I'm going to continue doing that. And then I'm going to reach my goal down there. Verse 33, Jesus is still speaking. Nevertheless, I must journey on today and tomorrow and the next day, for it cannot be that a prophet would perish outside of Jerusalem. Well, that's interesting, isn't it? That sort of gives some insight in some things in the Old Testament, by the way. So what is he saying? He's talking to these Pharisees. And he's calling their bluff on this thing. He says, you know, I'm going to journey today, tomorrow, and the next day, and I'm going to get to Jerusalem. You know what? It's not right that a prophet would perish outside of Jerusalem. He is letting them know that he knows he's going to die. He's also calling himself a prophet. And, boy, this is really, really going to set them off. Like, what are they going to do with this? Well, Jesus continues, and look what he says, verses 34 and 35. Jesus is speaking, and he is uh, declaring really like a lamentation of oh, woe is me over the city of Jerusalem. Verse 34, he says, Oh, Jerusalem, Jerusalem, that kills the prophets and stones those sent to her. How often... I wanted to gather your children together. Just as a hen gathers her brood under her wings, and you would not. In other words, they would not have it. They wouldn't do it. Verse 35. Behold, your house is left to you. And then uh, in English, we have the word desolate in italics. And remember, anytime you see italics like that, that means that word is not there uh, in the Greek or in the Hebrew or the Aramaic. But it's put there in English where we have the correct understanding about what it means. So he's saying, your house is left to you desolate. It's going to be abandoned. Your house is left to you. Jesus continues speaking. And I say to you, you will not see me until the time comes when you see. say, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. So you see this type of thing, this statement right here by Jesus and other gospels also. So what is he saying? He knows what's going on. He knows that he's going to Jerusalem uh, to perish, to die, and he's declaring here that it wouldn't be right for a prophet to die outside of Jerusalem. And he's just crying out on behalf of Jerusalem. He said, "Jerusalem, you're the ones. You've killed the prophets. You've stoned the ones through the ages that were sent to you." And what I really wanted to do, I wanted to gather you underneath my wings, like a hen does her brood underneath her wings. I wanted to gather your children in that way, but guess what? You would not have anything to do with it. And because of that, your house is going to be left to you. It's going to be left desolate. He's letting them know that you have rejected the Messiah that you have so longingly for ages anticipated and looked toward. The Messiah has come, and yet you reject him. Now, this is speaking of Jerusalem, of the city. Now, obviously, a city in and of itself can't do something like that. But it's talking about the people as a whole, the nation as a whole, the city as a whole. There would be many individuals who would believe. Many Jewish people who would believe. But as a whole, they rejected. And that's what Jesus is talking about. And because of this, your house is left to you desolate. And he says to him, you know what? You're not going to see me again until you say, blessed is he who comes. In the name of the Lord. Now, in just a few days' time, he's going to be coming into Jerusalem, and guess what they're going to be doing? They're going to be declaring, Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. There would be some that would say that in the natural at that time, and they would believe and they would see him. There would be others who would refuse to see, particularly among the religious rulers, who would refuse to see and refuse to say that. But guess what? The day is coming when they will. Why is that? Remember what the scripture says, the day is coming when every knee will bow and every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. Yeah, and that blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. It's a quote from the Old Testament. The Lord is speaking scripture to them. So we sort of see what the context is of what's happening in the Lord's life because in the 14th chapter, we're going to encounter a parable. And it's important to see really the intensity, the emotions, what's happening. Here, the Pharisees are trying to just get rid of him. Go away, leave here, for Herod wants to kill you. They're just trying to get rid of him because what is he doing? He's casting out demons, those unclean spirits. That gives us insight to what happened with that woman. Remember how it said it was a spirit? And then in that account, we saw that Jesus called it Satan. And now we're seeing that Jesus is saying, oh, by the way, I'm casting out demons. Y'all know that. And I'm performing cures today, tomorrow, and the third day. I'm healing people. You know that. What's the religious ruler's response to that? "Uh, Go away. Why don't you leave? Why don't you leave? Somebody wants to hurt you. Somebody wants to harm you. You need to get out of here because we want to protect you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let me tell you something. Religious rulers do that same thing today. I've actually had religious rulers sit there and tell me, well, you, you, need, to, you need to go over to this kind of church. You, you need to do this. We don't want that kind of thing here. And then they'll drop some name or some word to describe, you know, what they think you are. <laughs> you know, folks, it's just foolishness. Nothing new. Don't be surprised by it. Well, my time's up. Again, I'm Dale. Thank you so much for your time, and I'll see you in the next episode.